listener. Remember when I told you how helping some ghosts can actually cause an even worse situation? The same can be said for trying to run from your problems. Trying to avoid a situation you don't want to face. I'm recording this in a new location. The last one is no longer there. There was a new development with Timmy, and the outcome, well, you understand. Let me give you the backstory first. A few years ago, I walked into a pet store and on a shelf sat this cute little hamster. When I approached the cage, he got all kinds of excited, and it was almost like we connected, spiritually. I didn't even hesitate in grabbing him and taking him home. I noticed that when I played Having a Wonderful Time by Tiny Tim, he would dance and make little cooing sounds like he was trying to sing. He would get in his little wheel and run around like crazy. So I decided to call him Timmy. One night while in a cemetery, visiting the grave of Howard Jacobs, he phased through me and it scared me so deeply it awoke something that was dormant. I had a power, but until that night, I, I never would have known. It never would have awoken inside me if it wasn't for him. I had made kind of a bromance with Timmy, and once I got my powers, I started neglecting him. I would come home, give him food and water, and then off on my adventures I went. Timmy grew sad, heartbroken that I was never around, and one night when I arrived back home, the little guy bit my finger, slowly walked to the corner of his cage, slumped down, and died of what I guess was a broken heart. The next morning, I took his little body and buried it in a local pet cemetery. 24 hours later, I noticed the wood chips in the cage had been disturbed. There was a little mound, and when removing the wood chips, I saw him, the ghost of Temi. I created this ghost. I let him die of sadness, and it broke me in a way I, I can't even explain. I noticed he was incredibly hostile towards me after that, but the catch was he didn't realize he was dead. He was still obeying the laws of life. He, he could have gotten out of that cage at any moment and attacked me, but he, he believed the cage was still there. He was using energy to interact with the cage to chew through it. I continued to give him food and water in the cage just to keep, in his mind, uh, the idea that he was still alive. That way I could figure out a way to help him, but nothing worked. When I was trying to gather information for the Dr. Blackwell case, Timmy finally escaped his cage. The time he put into chewing through the bars was months, but he succeeded. That's when he stabbed my foot with a fork, and I locked him in the freezer. I've, I, I felt horrible about it ever since. I was drunk two nights ago. The wounds I've received have healed, but they always ache when something bad is about to happen. I think it's my body's way of preparing me for what is about to happen, or possibly my powers. I think it's a warning. I was drunk, so I didn't notice the warning. I grabbed some ice cream out of the freezer to make an alcoholic milk shake. <laughs> that didn't go down as well as it sounds, and I let the freezer door wide open. Timmy was frozen inside. He thought. I woke up the next morning and went directly out my front door to go get some breakfast and some items. Uh, 
that I could use to mix together a homemade hangover cure. My mother taught me. And after going to the store, I walked back into my apartment and instantly noticed the freezer door was open. I dropped everything that was in my hands onto the floor and slowly walked into the kitchen. The ice inside had melted. Timmy was missing. It was quiet in the kitchen. I was panicking. Timmy wanted me dead. He was angry with me for causing him death by neglecting me. My friend, my, my friend, he still wasn't aware that he was a ghost. My only hope was to find him and hope that I could finally help him realize it. I heard a squeak coming from the living room. I was scared out of my mind, but I walked into the living room slowly, scanning the entire room with my eyes. I noticed a flap at the bottom of the couch was stuck in the up position. And not listening to my brain, I kneeled down and looked under the couch. It was pitch black under there. I scanned my eyes back and forth, and in the left corner, I could see a soft green and bluish aura. Timmy, hey buddy, let me help you out of there, I said to him. I could hear the squeaking getting louder. The squeaking was Timmy crying. I was afraid of what his sadness would change him into. I explained to him about how sorry I was for neglecting him and going away for days. I, I told him he was my best friend and I that I loved the little guy. The squeaking stopped and the soft green turned to a dark orange. The squeaking changed. It was getting deeper. He was changing. He turned, looked at me, and I noticed neon green eyes. He started to make a very deep, anguishing, squeaking sound, almost as if he was crying but laughing. When he saw me, his pent-up anger instantly turned him into a banshee. Not sure what a banshee is. It's a hunter, a killer. It will stop at nothing until whatever it is after is dead. The sadness inside them makes them emit a weeping or crying sound. They mourn the loss of loved ones and themselves, their cousins, the poltergeist. But a poltergeist is more about mourning and destroying the place. Banshees just want you dead. Banshees cannot control their environment quite like poltergeists. They can only tamper with electrical currents. A poltergeist can destroy an entire building with its pain in a matter of moments. A banshee hates light. It feeds off darkness to gain strength. It will use its power over electrical current to make its environment as dark as it can get it. It can also use that current as a lightning rod of sorts to strike things, if it could gain enough electrical current to do so. A spark of electrical current from Timmy and out went the lights of the apartment. I could see Timmy glowing, growing strength after he killed the lights. He was starting to form a tiny shield of electrical current around him. He blinked his eyes, squeaked, and the shield expelled a current so strong it knocked me back from the couch. It popped every outlet in the apartment. All the light bulbs exploded. The electrical devices in the kitchen started hissing. He manipulated the radio I had sitting on the coffee table in the room. He was changing channels to speak words. And I heard him say, You will be found dead sooner than later. There are consequences to 
actions taken, it all comes to an end. The shock was so strong, it felt like someone had tried to defibrillate me. I jumped instantly. My heart was pounding. I knew I couldn't withstand another blast like that. If the current would run through my body again, it could possibly stop my heart and it would kill me. Rule of thumb, when dealing with a banshee, you don't want to be in close proximity when they push the electrical current shield they've built up. The electrical current also added another issue to my already growing terrible situation. He used the spark and lit the couch ablaze. It was on fire. I ran into the kitchen, grabbed a fire extinguisher, and started to put it out. I could hear Timmy weeping, but he was no longer under the couch, and he was no longer restricted by his mental belief that he was alive. He was coasting through walls and levitating. He was once again trying to build up another shock, and I had to do something. I had to get him to understand it was a mistake. I called his name, Timmy, and he stopped and looked at me. I knew then that he could understand me. He was listening. I'm so sorry, Timmy. I'm so sorry. He started to move again. I yelled, Timmy, and he stopped again. I'm so sorry I neglected you. You're my best friend. The only living thing I had to chat with in in my closed-in little world, and I neglected you, and I'm so sorry. Timmy started to cry real tears. I knew I could turn him back. I just needed to get him to understand what I tried to do for him. I'm so sorry. The tears started to change. His hate was so profound that it was taking him back over. The tears started showing signs of little electrical currents running through them. They started to scar his face and then his eyes changed again to a light blue with bolts of electrical current moving around them. I knew then he was building up another shock. I ran out of the apartment, shutting the door and planting my feet on the solid ground. The shock wave exploded outward, but this time it had little bolts of electricity pouring through it. It was causing fires everywhere. People were running out of their apartments screaming, fire! I told everyone to leave until the fire department showed. People jumped in their cars, leaving the apartment complex. Timmy floated through the wall and out into the parking lot area of the apartment complex. He looked to the sky and and a blast of electrical current shot to the nearby electrical poles and gaining power, it had to go somewhere. He directed the bolt into the sky. It changed the atmospheric pressure around the area and suddenly we had rain and lightning. I could feel it getting hotter from the static discharge from Timmy. He was going to use his charge to corrupt the weather around us. He did so. The wind picked up. The ground started to swirl. Lightning hit houses and trees. Fire was everywhere around us. And then a tornado started crashing through the apartment. Timmy, I'm so sorry. You were and still are my best friend. I didn't want to lose you. I neglected you. And it hurt me to lose you so much. Two strikes of lightning crashed beside me the one grazing my arm cutting deep. It went through my body, causing it to spasm. I dropped to the ground, but I picked myself back up. Timmy was building up another shockwave. I was going to time it and use the blast back technique I was taught by Howard Jacobs to try and block the blast as much as I could. The shockwave hit. I pushed it back and knocked Timmy out of the sky, but also knocking myself to the ground. I grabbed a piece of chocolate from my pocket The blast made me weak. I could see that Timmy was feeling the effects of his shockwave, and from my blast pack, 
I yelled, Timmy, I'm so sorry. I buried you, my best friend. It killed me to do it. I was so happy when you came back, but you still attacked me. You still wouldn't let me help you. I tried so much, Timmy. I tried, and I'm so sorry. Timmy levitated back into the air. The electrical current shield Timmy was building up for this next shockwave was, was getting smaller. Uh, I think I was finally getting to him. I was finally getting him to understand. He was losing control of the atmosphere. It seemed more dangerous around us. Timmy shot a bolt of lightning from the sky beside me this time, and I was unable to stop the shockwave from it hitting me. Everything went black. I could hear rain, wind, lightning. I could see something in the distance, a soft green glow. It was Eric McCall? I had just set him free a few months ago. He walked in. The ghost of this world cannot let you die. You're way too valuable. You're the only one that can truly help us on our journey to be set free, he explained. I'm dead? I asked. Eric explained further. Death leaves a scar on your soul. It will eventually heal, but to die again before your soul is healed will have consequences on your earthly body. Let's hope that the energy I give you today will not only bring you back, but heal you completely. My gift for saving me is the last little bit that is left of me. I will move further on, no longer able to help you, but you can continue your work. When my body hit the ground and Timmy realized I was dead, his aura changed back to a bluish green. He was back on the ground. He walked over to me. He tried moving my fingers and hand, but there was no movement. At the moment he was doing this, I was dead and was having my conversation with Eric McCall. Timmy started to cry. He wanted me dead this whole time, but realized as I did, when he passed, I was his best friend. I would talk to him after he was dead and had come back about all my cases I was working on. His hatred stopped him from seeing the truth. Timmy was trying to wake me up. He started bouncing up and down on my chest. He was trying his hardest to revive me. Eric McCall walked up to me as I was laying on the ground. He put his hand over my heart and said, Always remember. Always remember that there are more out there like me that need your help. Timmy bounced on my chest. I gasped for air. I was back. I looked down and Timmy was running around squeaking rapidly. I picked up my best friend and held him in my arms and said, I'm so sorry, Timmy. I promise I will never hurt you again. But we both realized that the danger wasn't over. The tornado he had created in lightning was still very much happening. The apartment building to my left was destroyed in moments. I looked around the parking lot trying to find anything I could hide in. It would have to be something secure. There was a community building that was on the grounds. It was made of concrete and had bathrooms in the center of the building. This was my only option. I ran with Timmy in my hands. I got inside the community center and entered one of the bathrooms. Hiding in the stall, the building rattled. I could hear the front door rip off building and roof started to lift up. As I held Timmy in my arms, everything stopped. It got quiet. I noticed a clock on the wall that stopped working. I could hear something moving in the other room. 
I could hear the bathroom door open. Whatever was here was standing on the other side of the bathroom stall door. I was scared to know what was on the other side, but at the same time curious? It has stopped everything in its track. It had to be powerful. Did the lady in black finally catch up to me? She wanted to be what killed me and not the weather? The door swung open, and standing in front of me was the most beautiful lady I'd ever seen. She had shoulder-length brown hair, hazel eyes, a tiara made out of vines with the roses. Her glasses were stems of plants shaped around her eyes that continued behind her head, and the frames looked like water droplets that were stretched to make lenses. Her top was sawed and moss with flowers placed in it that stretched down to her knees like a sundress. Her pants she was wearing was made of beautiful green grass with multiple flowers throughout. The stems of the flowers made pockets on the side and in the back of the pants. She had sandals on her feet made from moss with mushroom bottoms and vines for straps. She spoke. Hello, Ghost Whisperer. I've heard of your amazing tales. My name is Abilene Constantine, or you may know me as Mother Nature. Mother Nature? You're an elder, I replied. Yes, I am. I can control the seasons. I noticed something happening in this area that was unusual. I was approached by a spirit named Eric McCall, who informed me that he was going to help. The one who helps the ghosts. He asked me to come here and help as well. A tornado for this area is rare, but for this season is incredible. I decided that I needed to come investigate, she explained. I thanked her for saving my life. She told me to continue helping ghosts that had gone astray. She also warned me of the lady in black. She told me that she was still very much around, injured and healing, but around. She informed me that we would eventually meet again and that I would need help to defeat her. She gave me the power to control vines. I give this gift in trusting you that you will only use it when need be. You will only use this power for good. If this power is used for any other means, I will strip you of it. And you, little one, she looked down at Timmy. Help him on his journey. You are more precious to him than he knows, and he'll need you very soon. She explained. I told her that I understood and that I promised that any power given would only be used for good. She walked outside and as we followed, she turned into a cloud of beautiful yellow butterflies. I looked down at Timmy and said, well, little buddy, let's go see if there's anything left. I walked over to the pile of what used to be my apartment. On top of the rubble was Timmy's cage. I grabbed the cage, looked at it, Looked down at Timmy, he was in my pocket of my shirt. I ripped the door of the cage off and said, You're free to roam as you wish, best friend. I walked over to the other people standing right outside to make sure everyone was okay. The apartment complex is being rebuilt. Insurance covered the damage from the freak storm that happened, and we were moved to another apartment complex until ours is rebuilt. Weeks later, I finally took Timmy to see his grave. And as we approached, a four-leaf clover popped up from the ground and several gold bars. Wait, this episode isn't over. Sorry. I got so wrapped up in the fact that I 
got my best friend Timmy back that I forgot to tell you about this bit of information. I was curious about the ghost that had saved me in the asylum. General Thaddeus T. Washbath. He was a general for the Confederate side during the Civil War, but halfway through didn't like what the southern states were fighting for and decided to join the ranks of the Union armies. He was welcomed with open arms and was instantly put in charge of his own army regiment. The story has a few holes in it. He wasn't a well-beloved man in the southern encampments because of his treason. He decided to march his troops from Charlestown to Harper's Ferry in West Virginia. Midpoint of his travels on August 27, 1864, he is told by an informant that Lieutenant General Jubal Earl is going to attack Wesley Merritt's Union Cavalry Division at Smithfield Crossing. The story goes from Southern soldiers that Washbath turned yellow and sent his troops into battle to die. His whole regiment was lost. Wesley Merritt was forced back. However, lucky for Merritt's men, another colonel, James B. Ricketts, stopped the Confederate advance. The story continues that Washbath was taken to the Westonville Lunatic Asylum after that battle. If he truly was the coward that he was made out to be, then why was his soul trapped at Weston? What was keeping his soul trapped? I wanted to find out, to help him, since he saved my life. I traveled back to the asylum with Timmy in my pocket. It seemed calmer since the last time I was there. Walking into the asylum, everything started to come back to me. Of my first experience here, since getting my powers. I was looking for General Washbath to thank him by freeing him of his place. Came to a nurse's station and sitting on the counter in frame was a newspaper article from Elkins, West Virginia. Is John Earl Oswald still haunting the grounds of what used to be Skidmore College? Mysterious heart attacks? Timmy, looking at the article, started squeaking. I looked down at him and said, I agree, buddy. This sounds right up our alley. Since there was no activity, we were going to leave and heard crying. It sounded like a child. I walked around to the other side of the desk and cowering in the corner was a young girl. She had brown hair and looked to be around 10. She was decaying. You could see the outline of how she looked as a full-blooded person, but her spirit seemed to be fading. I asked her if she was okay. She replied that there was a lady in black who was gone and then returned. She let me know that when I was saved by the Civil War soldiers, the asylum became quiet, and then the lady in black returned, injured, but incredibly angry. And by the end of the first couple nights, the Civil War soldiers were all gone, killed by the lady in black, but it didn't stop there. She was here looking for General Washbath. The general faced off with the lady in black, neither had been seen since. She informed me that the Lady in Black killed General Washbath. Timmy popped out of my pocket. The little girl stayed for a bit, played with Timmy, and vanished. I looked at Timmy and said, I can't do anything else here, buddy. Let's go. Timmy squeaked, and we got back in my car, and we started on our way to Elkins, West Virginia. But that story will be next. I'll leave you with this. Remember that true friendship can endure anything, any ups and downs that are thrown at it. In the end, even as something tragic happens, true friendship always endures.
until next time, stay safe out there.